0: You're going to want to sit right by your computer and not move a muscle. Don't stop and go to the bathroom. Don't get something to eat. Do not pass go because we've got Sark as our guest. Hello, Sark. <laughs> but I want to encourage them to move all muscles. Oh, all right. I just, you know, I meant like you're going to want to stay glued to this. But, yes, moving <laughs> around and moving every muscle, and including your joy muscle, works well, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Gotta have that now. For those who are like Sarku, uh, I'm gonna tell you it's S A R K. Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy. And I'm admitting to you right now, Sark, that I was just introduced to you at a Celebrate Your Life conference in Chicago a year ago. So I was Sarkified at that conference in Chicago and have been a fan ever since. And I gotta say to myself, where have I been living under a rock?
1: Well, let's remember that everybody comes to everything at the perfect moment.
0: Absolutely. And you have got a just a vibrant personality and a distinctive style. And, of course, look to your work. Um, you said that your books, which, by the way, are beautiful and colorful, and you're actually going to see um, not the normal, you know, type face setting, all of that. This is just so unique and you said that this style um delights you have you always it does loved like me i yeah i love
1: handwriting i write lying down um in pajamas and love the feel of uh paper and pen i was immensely inspired as a child by comic books so i like the marriage of uh art and words so that's why it's filled with my art and words and quotes and photographs and uh, yes, and I like to tell people, delight yourself first, and then others will be truly delighted.
0: Absolutely. What comic books did you like?
1: Oh my goodness, I loved Richie Rich. <laughs> I loved uh, Little Lotta, where everything was dots. Um, everything she had was dots, <laughs> she herself was she was dotted, and everything she did. I just loved it, and I liked um, Archie. And um, Superman, I liked Superman too.
0: Oh, who doesn't love Superman? But I'm thoroughly convinced that I should stop looking for Superman and start looking for Clark Kent because he's the long-term one.
1: Oh, it's so true. I'm so glad you said that. You know, he's like the he's like the sturdy, kind, um, loving-hearted, going to be home. You
0: know, to make grilled
1: cheese sandwiches when you're sick.
0: Heck yeah! And he's just as hot as Superman, only with glasses. I know! And that's, you know, another good one for that is those Spider-Man
1: movies. Those are really good. That, I can't think of who that actor is, but it's the same kind of thing. Like his, when he get, got out of his Spider-Man, he was, you know, just
0: adorable. Oh, yeah, just as hot. So let's talk about your newest book, Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. And, you know, there's loss and change and transformation all over the place, loss of a, a person, an animal, a job, way of life, your relationship ends, you move, all kinds of different things. So I was just alluding a little bit here that i got to look for a uh, a Clark Kent type. If someone is going through a breakup, that's a, a type of a loss. So what do you mean when you say practice your feelings because that really stuck out to me when I was reading your book. Oh, thank you so
1: much. Well, let's be let's let's be sure to say what the book is not. This is not a book about feeling glad when you don't. How annoying. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a book about positive, you know, think just think positive and it will all be better. Um, This is a book about real feelings and what happens to us when we go through different changes and losses and how we can feel our feelings and guess what? Move on. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. That's Um, the hard part for a lot of people.
1: Well, and I'll tell you, it's two parts. A lot of people don't know how they feel. So that's why I put a feelings menu in the book in the beginning. um, Before the table of contents, you're invited to see how you feel. And then you will go to that place in the book, and the book will show you practices and processes. This is a very practical book. Um, I I used my complete uh, abilities of right and left brain. So it's nonlinear and linear, and uh, people are having um, just amazing results with it and doing the practices and processes that are in it. So let's talk about what it is. It could also be called practical gladness. So it's about feeling all your feelings and moving on, and it's about using your feelings to support you through your changes instead of a lot of people freeze in place when something happens, something bad. You know, we're the ones that assign that it's bad. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens is just news, and we're the ones that give it meaning. So um, you can talk to someone who lost their job, and the whole world has ended, and everything is in ruins, and you can talk to another person who says, yeah, it's kind of hard, you know, it's a drag, but I know something good is going to come of it. And you always circle back around to those two people. And the one that knew that something good was going to come of it has had that experience a lot sooner than the other person.
0: Okay, so what differentiates the two people? If the person sitting over there being the sourpuss wants to be the happy one, what, what's the difference in their personalities? How can they get to the other side?
1: Yeah, usually it's just habit. Um, Most of us were conditioned and habituated to feel a certain way when we were in our families that we grew up in. So, for example, in my family, you were allowed to have one feeling at a time and you had to go to your room to have it. Whoa. (laughs) And you better come out feeling better. (laughs) And if you didn't feel better, you better lie about it. So that's an example of how most, also most people and many people were not taught how to hold and have multiple feelings. So going back to the job situation, you just heard that you lost your job. You're bummed out. You feel bad. You feel abandonment. You feel fear. How are you going to pay your bills? You feel mad at the boss who didn't give you any notice. You feel helpless. These are all the things you feel. So you feel them. You feel them fully, and you, I'm showing people new ways to be with these kinds of feelings. So instead of trying to just drink wine and eat brownies and kind of sedate and anesthetize the feelings, you're going to be shown how to feel them, which, you know, it feels, it's kind of counterintuitive, but the more you feel your feelings, the less you need to feel them.
0: Okay. Can we have at least one night of wine and brownies though? Is that okay?
1: Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with wine and brownies and I absolutely love them. It's just when we use them to sedate and anesthetize our feelings and then the feelings get louder and larger.
0: And don't a lot of people sort of fall into, like, the victimhood then? Like, they are a victim of these circumstances.
1: Oh, absolutely. And the biggest, the biggest uh, popular combination is what's called angry victim.
0: Mm.
1: So it isn't just victim. It's anger matched with victimhood. And then you have a really, I mean, some people can run on that, literally have that be their masthead for years. Okay, and and then they keep telling, you know, and as you know, in the book, I talk about telling and living new stories, because again, let's go back to the two people, the one who takes it in stride that they lost their job, and the one that's resisting it. Mm -hmm. Um, The one that's resisting it keeps telling anyone who will listen about the bad boss, the bad circumstances, the fear of the loss of money, the everything. They just keep on repeating it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And in so doing, they're strengthening it. And the story becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until that's all the story that they're living.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they sort of like it sometimes when people sit there and go, oh, yeah, wow, you've really, they really screwed you over. Oh, wow. You know, because it feeds into that victimhood mentality. And and they feel validated almost for being in this horrible space.
1: Oh, yes, well,
0: it's absolutely that way. And then, you know, you can
1: always find people to commiserate with how bad things are, always. (laughs) And it's not sometimes as easy to find people to join you in your joy. And so that's where self-love and self-care comes in, which I talk about, um, not just talk about, but I show people how to live that way with the practices and processes in this book. Mm -hmm. Um. I've been practicing exquisite self-care and self-love for um, many years now, and I've learned things that work and that work quickly because we're not meant to wallow. We're not meant to dwell and wallow in these negative places. We're meant to feel what we feel, and then we're meant to move on, and guess what? Have more
0: gladness. Absolutely, and and go ahead and honor those feelings. It You're not saying we're not going to... You know, acknowledge that you are angry or sad or abandoned. That's not it. We do acknowledge it. It's the moving through it part that people have to, you know, get to.
1: Yes, it's kind of a, it's kind of in two parts. They need to feel, they need to know what they feel, and then they need to have some support in moving through it um, and not spending so much time in it. You know, so, for example, instead of spending a month upset that you lost your job, you might... You literally with a little bit of practice, might be able to get it down to about an hour.
0: Oh, absolutely, and this is your chance if If you got pushed out of a job or whatever happens, this is your chance. What have you always wanted to do? What does bring you joy? What skill have you wanted to learn? I mean there's there's all kinds of questions you can be asking yourself to uh, you know make this thing that happened to you a happy experience.
1: Well, exactly, and that's why I started, you know, I, you might know, but I have an online course um, It's closed for this session right now, but it's going to start up again in May, and it's called Dream Boogie, uh, Dancing from Dreaming to Doing, and it's a two-part um, experience where people are making their creative dreams real and they're learning how to live a self-loving, self-caring life. So... Um, you know, so someone with ideas and doesn't know what to do, come on over to Dream Boogie and we'll show you. Um, it's really powerful. People are leaving careers, starting new ones, finishing books, starting businesses, um, learning how to love themselves on a daily basis, learning how to feel, learning and practicing how to feel what they
0: feel, and then moving on. Absolutely. And in case, you know, you want to take a look at the website while you're listening, um, you can go to planetsark.com, planetsark.com. Explain what living in the middle is about.
1: Oh, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. It's it's what I call the marvelous, messy middle. (laughs) It's getting out of the extremes. So you've always, you know, we've all heard it's black and white. I feel it's just black and white. It's this or it's that, or it's bad or it's good, or I'm happy or I'm sad. Um, It's actually much more interesting than that, and it's much more nuanced. It's much more um, in the middle. And what, what it does for you when you can live more in the middle, you're going to feel an equilibrium. You're going to feel a balance. You're going to feel a sense of balance with your feelings on a daily basis all through the day. So you're not going to have jagged ups and downs.
0: Yeah, and, which is so important. And you, you talked a little bit before, I believe, um, about that you love writing and all of that. So how important is journaling in this whole process?
1: Um, writing is a very powerful way to anchor experience. So it's kinesthetic. It involves your body. So it gets it out of your head and gets it onto paper. And I teach a method in the book called Three-Part Harmony, which is a way to clear negative energy, and it's a way to access what I call your wise self and everyone has one, and it's a free source of power for everyone, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, you know, writing comes into comes into focus a lot during the book, and um, certainly in my life. And you just reminded me, let's be sure to tell people who don't know who Sark, are, Sark is and who may not have read my books, that I was um, abused as a child for seven years by an older brother who had been abused by a next-door neighbor, and oh. I've since forgiven everyone involved, um, but I certainly transformed and changed that experience. And I've also been someone that lived without money. I was someone who was on welfare. I'm someone who attempted suicide. So let's be sure to say that you're you're listening to someone and you would be reading the book of someone and coming to the website of someone who is doing the work that she writes and
0: speaks about. She has, you know, walked through many uh, a landmine and you've come out on the other side a a wiser uh more vibrant person i can i can definitely tell that and i'm just i'm just amazed do people come up to you and say how do you stay so positive and happy
1: well i wrote (laughs) yeah it's funny um i wrote about this in the book because all my life i've been told i was like pollyanna but not (gasps) in a good way and let's let's tell you know pollyanna got a really bad rap i mean people use the term pollyanna to mean someone who's some kind of positive ninny who just goes around saying oh it's all good it'll all be good and um it's not that's and and that's why i wrote the chapter the real story of pollyanna because that's not the truth at all of course she's a fictional character in a book um she was in a disney movie in 1963 called pollyanna with Haley mills it's fabulous but the book, uh, written by Eleanor Porter, um, depicted a young girl whose parents died and she was sent to live in a town with an aunt she didn't know and who didn't like her. Hmm. And it was a really tough situation. <laughs> and yeah. she, she, her dad had, before he died, had taught her to play a game that he called the glad game. And basically it was, what is there to be glad about? And, you know, it was all about focus there instead of focusing on what's not working. Now, I've taken it a step further, and uh, by the way, I put a badge in the book that's from 1913 that people can cut out and wear, and it says, Pollyanna, be glad. (laughs) Um, But but, um, so a glad game you can play with yourself and with others is to say, um, tell me something that's difficult or challenging, or someone starts telling you something that's difficult or challenging about their life. You know, listen deeply, and then say, and are you, are you at this time able to find – ask them if they're willing to play a game. So don't just start doing this. Just say, do you want to play a game with this? And if they say, no, you know, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> but if they're open to it, you might say, what is there to be glad about? So here's an example. Um, I'm sometimes overwhelmed by the requirements of my business. I have an event business, a publishing business, and an online business. Mm-hmm. And the management and maintenance of it is sometimes overwhelming. And it's challenging at times. Um, so that's what's challenging and, and, and sometimes difficult. What am I glad about? I'm so glad that I have a business. <laughs> I'm yeah. so glad I have a business that, that creates products and services to support empowered living. I'm so glad for that. So mm-hmm. those two statements put me right into the marvelous, messy middle. I'm still, mm-hmm. I still have some overwhelm about my business that hasn't gone away. Yeah. But I've chosen to focus. I mean, just making that statement of how glad I am I have a that I have a business. I felt my whole body react to that.
0: Oh, that's just, I. I love the way that you say that. Now I'm thinking from the standpoint also of um, a friend of mine who recently lost her husband, quite young, yeah. and. She's overwhelmed. She has two kids. One just went off to college. Another is in high school. And this is a really difficult time for her. How do you approach someone who may be dealing with the death of someone uh, quite close to them?
1: Oh, absolutely. And as you know, that's why I wrote quite a bit in the book about, um, I call it learning to see in the dark. Yeah. Um, And one of the chapters is called Gifts of Death, which spells God. God. Not coincidentally.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: um, and really, all the practices and processes that I'm talking about apply even more to someone in a grief in their grief process. Um, self care and self love are absolutely essential to all of us all the time, and for someone that's grieving, even more. So that person is going to have every You know, every feeling that there is, they're going to feel helpless and hopeless and enraged. And, you know, they don't want to quit. They don't even want to go on. I mean, just every, it's like living in a foreign country. Yeah. So I wanted the book to be like a guidebook. Um, So, you know, learning to receive, learning to ask in new ways, starting the day with hugging herself. This would be one of the ways. I I tell people live like a full cup of self-love. And fill yourself up and then share the overflow with the world. And a lot of people lurch out of bed like a half empty cup and then try to get filled up from the outside.
0: Yeah, and there's all this noise going on in the outside, you know, bad news, emails, phones going off. I mean and you're bombarded with it from the minute you wake up.
1: Right. If you allow it, if you if you agree to start your day that way. It honestly doesn't take that much longer to start your day differently.
0: Amen. I love that. (laughs) And and I do a little bit of that because I meditate and everything as well. But one of the things also, how important is it uh, as far as your your spiritual connection with those that have passed on?
1: Well, to me, that's immensely important. I'm psychic and clairvoyant and and an intuitive, and so I'm always in conversations with people who have died. And you know, we all can be more connected to people who have died. And it you know it you can use um, you know some people, there's wonderful people working, um, James van Prague is one of them, um, to access you know conversations with the person, but you can do it, you can learn to do it yourself. and yeah. it it's just a different language, and it's just allowing the form to have changed. So, as you know, I wrote about the death of my mother. Yes. I wrote about the death of my cat, who I'd lived with for 17 years. And in both cases, so many gifts have come to me, so much communication with their spirits, and it continues to this day. And um, I've written in other books of mine, too, about the death of my father and death of other close friends and how they came back and told me things. And uh, Eat Mangoes Naked is one of my books that I've wrote, written about that in. And so, you know, it's... I. The spiritual connection to me is everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and your relationship continues on. It's just in a different form.
1: Right. And that's the part that was always hard for me to accept. I mean, I don't know why we couldn't get some kind of stand-in situation where we still have (laughs) the form that we knew. (laughs) I don't like this giving up the form.
0: I don't care. <laughs> I, I love that, and I'm glad to hear you say that, because I know that is very difficult for a lot of people. Well, the book is called Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. And if, like me, you've been living under a rock and you haven't been sarcified, that's my term I kind of came up with out in Chicago. I'd <laughs> you. And you know I'm
1: from Minnesota originally. I'm from Minneapolis.
0: Oh, Oh, oh,
1: and you know, I'm glad you're saying this because I'm going to be in Chicago in April doing a fabulous glad no matter what event. Oh, neat!
0: Um,
1: I think it's April, uh, April the something, April the 10th. Let me look at my calendar. All right, just, and I'm in, uh, just in it. case you
0: want to know where you can find all the information, if you go to planetsark.com, dot com, planet s a r k dot com, you can find out all about Sark, all about her books, and where she'll be, and online, all kinds of cool stuff. And I I dare you to read one of her books or look at her website and not come away with at least a smile. That's what I, I mean, you can't be angry or unhappy when you look at your books. They jump out at you and say, it's okay. <laughs>
1: well, yes, and let's be sure to say they also say it's okay to be angry. It's okay yes. to be
0: sad. It's okay. Yes, all of it is. Well, Sark, I am so grateful that you took this time with us today, and I know all my listeners are going to love reading your new book, Glad No Matter What. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Oh, you're wonderful. You're very
0: gifted. Oh, well, thank you, Sark. I appreciate that. And thanks, everybody, for choosing to be positive now.